Chapter twenty eight The Final Chapter of As in a Mirror by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty eight One Season's Harvest. The great stone house that had belonged in the Hartwell family ever since one stone of it was laid upon another was ablaze with light, and from all the hospitable rooms issued the sound of merry voices. The long-hoped-for, long-deferred social function that had filled the thoughts of Bennetville and vicinity for so long was in progress. Mr. and Mrs. Reginald Hartwell were at home after their wedding journey, and had gathered their friends about them royally. Not one person in the neighborhood who could lay claim to even a slight acquaintance with Nanny Marvin Hartwell had been forgotten. Hildress boys and girls, as the young people from her school were called, were there in force. So also was Susan Appleby, in the dining-room door, with her arms akimbo just then, staring about her complacently, but doing most efficient service in the kitchen between times. "'I had as good an invite as the rest of them, she confided, in a strong voice, to Jack Starrett. "'If I hadn't, I shouldn't have stirred a step to help.' but they ain't the kind that looks down on folks the minute they get a little money. Ain't she sweet tonight in that bride dress? I declare for it, I didn't know Nanny Marvin was so pretty. It beats all what wedding finery will do. We'll have them here often, said the bride, in confidence to Hildreth, as they watched some of the country girls who were gazing earnestly at the pictures on the walls. We mean to have an evening on purpose for our friends in this neighborhood, and we'll teach them all sorts of little things that will help them, without their ever imagining that they are being taught. Gradually we will drive out of the region those games that you dislike so much, along with several other objectionable things, just by showing them a better mode of entertainment. Rex says we will try the expulsive power of new entertainments. Oh, Hildreth, we mean to do so many things with this dear old house. Rex has such lovely plans. You don't half know him. We knelt together in this very library, by that leather chair near the grate, and consecrated this room especially to the work. And, oh, Hildreth, this with lowered tone and a little nervous clutch of her friend's arm, I thought then, while I listened to his prayer about what we meant to try to do, what if I had burned that will? I was tempted to it. What if I had? You never would have done it, said Hildreth, with quiet confidence. Don't even think of it, dear. God takes care of his own. She stood later near one of the great leather chairs. She liked to look down into their depths and remember that they had been consecrated. She was feeling very happy. There were lovely possibilities for Rex and Nanny, and through them her dear boys and girls would receive help. Money was a beautiful servant. Young Dr. Warden moved toward her. He was Rex Hartwell's most intimate friend, and had taken a journey at an inconvenient time to act as his best man. It had not been found difficult to persuade him to take it again and assist at this reception. He was evidently well pleased to be intimately associated with Miss Elliot, as she was, of course, the bride's maid of honor. 
i think you told me i was to help you feel at home tonight he said laughing are there many guests left whom you have not met oh there must be dozens the entire medical college has come out tonight i think then i ought to be doing my duty i believe i have at least met most of the guests from the college but there are others equally distinguished if not more so of course you have met the star of the evening he came late however after we had ceased to receive formally perhaps you really have not met him what an oversight how can i know until you name the wonder laughed hildreth who is the star i thought there were several ah but this one is of the first magnitude his last book just out is creating a furor i mean stuart king of course at that instant someone tapped him on the shoulder and spoke low a few words certainly said dr warden miss elliot allow me to make you acquainted with my friend mr king all right hartwell excuse me miss elliot the chief is summoning me whereupon he disappeared in the throng stuart king and miss elliot stood confronting each other there was a moment's hesitation as though she were trying to determine what to say then she laughed a low rippling laugh full of merriment i am acquainted with you after all she said clothes are not so important as we supposed but you said we were to be strangers i know i did i was hard on you mr king i have realized it since my brother takes care that we shall not in the family forget your name i like the work that you and he are doing it is he who is doing it said mr king earnestly i have only been able to help a little with the organization i could not enter into it as i should like to do because i am going home so soon it was a very different conversation from any of the numberless ones that he had tried to plan since he first knew that he was to have this coveted opportunity he had been anxious if she would talk with him at all to make her talk or rather to make her listen to his defense of his fall campaign he felt that while he had not himself so high an opinion of it as he used to have he could yet convince her that he had been thoroughly in earnest in his effort to understand a form of life about which he wished to write and he meant to ask her if she would not read his book and see if she did not find evidence that he understood some points at least better than he could have done without some such aid but after that first laughing sentence she utterly ignored their past acquaintance and went straight to the centre of their present work his and her brother's she was eager for details for suggestions as to what he would try to do if he were to continue in the college town she had certain plans of her own to propose and was anxious to learn through him whether they would be feasible for her brother to add to his in short she showed him plainly as words could have done that it was the special christian effort that he in common with her brother had undertaken which interested her instead of stuart king author of the most popular work of fiction of the season and immeasurably instead of john stuart the dissembler to whom she had once been so kind and once so severe but now whom she seemed almost to have forgotten 
for the next few weeks he had much opportunity to study this phase of miss elliot's character at least he made the opportunities his invitation to call had been sufficiently cordial and he improved it twice during the week following the reception at the stone house came invitations from certain of the wealthier families of the surrounding neighborhood that took him back of course there were people who had never noticed john stuart by so much as a glance who were more than delighted to have the chance of receiving john stuart king at their homes on both of these occasions he went down by an early train and called at the elliot farm early in the ensuing week he persuaded himself that courtesy demanded the making of a few calls in the neighborhood notably of course upon the bride and groom also at the elliot farm on friday night he went down by corliss's hearty invitation and spent the sabbath certainly hildreth elliot had decided that he was not a stranger she was frank and cordial was as deeply interested as ever in the enterprise that he and corliss were managing and showed herself an efficient helper farmer elliot had apparently recovered from his slight sense of annoyance at having been made the subject of a practical joke and was as cordial as possible as for the quiet mother she had never been other than kind and friendly and poor alfie who had not recovered from her frightened air and her timidity in the presence of others yet received him most gratefully only susan appleby held aloof humph she said when his position in the literary world was explained to her how do you know he writes books he may have borrowed em like he did his work clothes who knows what he will do next i shouldn't be surprised to see him turn out a circus man or something this estimate so amused corliss that he could not resist the temptation to repeat it to stuart king who laughed with him genially and hid a sense of shame and pain did susan voice in her rough uncultured way something like hildreth elliot's thought of him in other words did she trust him fully there came a time just as the spring was opening when mr king steadily yet with infinite pain to himself declined corliss's earnest invitation to go down home with him the older man had held stern vigil with himself but the night before and knew that honor demanded his staying away from the elliot farm not for hildreth's sake and therein with strange inconsistency lay the deepest pain she continued to be fully as indifferent to him personally as she had been at their first meeting but for himself he knew that mere friendliness was so far from satisfying him that at times he was ready to declare that he would rather they should be strangers yet what did such a state of mind prove it was humiliating to a degree that he had not thought he could endure but he must face the facts and he must be a man of honor if he could and at the same time a man of truth it was late in the night when this decision brought him to the writing of a letter and it was early in the morning before that letter was finished although it was not long three times he tore the carefully written sheet into fragments and commenced anew never before in his life had he spent so much time on a letter to elizabeth never had he thought to write her or any woman such a letter 
what a humiliation for a man of his years and his character to have to own that he had made an irreparable mistake and that the woman he had asked to be his wife did not share the first place in his heart more than once he laid down the pen and hid his burning face in his hands and told himself that he could not write it and told himself sternly a moment afterwards that he must honesty demanded it elizabeth could hold him to his pledged word if she would he would not deny her right to do so he was ready to abide by the mistake that he had made but to go with her to the marriage altar hiding the facts would be but adding insult to injury it was vain for him to go over his past and groan at the folly of a boy playing at manhood and allowing himself to drift into an engagement when had he understood his own heart he would have known that he had only a friendly liking for the woman he asked to be his wife he thought of his mother and the interest she had taken in the entire matter and the influence she had used and then he put those thoughts sternly aside assuring himself that he might have been a manly man had he chosen and that he need not call his mother to account for that which ought to have been controlled only by himself at last the letter was written and sealed and started on its journey across the ocean it remained now to wait for a reply worn with his night of self-humiliation stuart king had just strength enough left to decline corliss's invitation miss elliot might consider him the merest acquaintance but he knew his own heart well enough now to be sure that it would be dishonorable in him to try to see her corliss went away vexed he was growing extravagantly fond of stuart king and there seemed no possible reason why that gentleman should not prefer a visit with him at the farm rather than a sabbath alone in town when the next friday night came and his pressing invitation was again rejected corliss was puzzled and all but angry there was evidently some mystery about stuart king as there had been about john stuart he professed to be so fond of the farm and of father and mother and was so ready even eager to hear about every little detail of their family life and this time at his instigation his mother had sent a genial invitation to john as she still called him to come down yet he had refused it was in the evening while stuart king sat alone weakly wishing that it had been right to go to the farm and solely missing the bright-faced young man who grew daily nearer to him for his own sake that the foreign mail was brought to his room there was only one letter and that from his mother it could not possibly be in response to anything that he had written not yet but his face flamed as he tore it open what would his next foreign mail have for him this one commenced ominously my dear stuart i hope you feel satisfied now with the result of your method of managing i am sorry for you of course a mother's heart always remains the same no matter how foolish her son may be yet while i do not for a moment admit it to elizabeth i cannot but feel that you have yourself to thank no girl of spirit will endure such tardy letter-writing and such prolonged and unnecessary absences as you have treated her to she has written you all about it i suppose 
at least she promised four days ago that she would this wretched little englishman may be going to have a title but he is in my opinion anything but a gentleman he knew months ago that elizabeth was engaged i told him so myself it came naturally in my way to do so but it evidently made not the slightest difference to him i have never liked the creature he was too fulsome elizabeth pretended that he was paying attention to me the idea she knew better all the time well this is like all my other plans in life for not i must say you have thwarted me in one way or another ever since you were a baby but i suppose you cannot help it you are like your father i am too much provoked with elizabeth just now to have heard any particulars but i suppose the wedding will be soon it is just like him to rush i shall come home as soon as i can i will write again when i know what is to be done your affectionate mother p s it is just a case of pique on elizabeth's part i have no doubt but that you could make it all right again if you would but i have no faith to believe that you will at this letter stuart king sat and stared like one in a dream elizabeth engaged to be married and he free by degrees he took in that tremendous fact he had not to wait for the foreign mail and for a long series of embarrassments and humiliations all of which even at the best would be terrible to talk about to explain elizabeth had deserted him and he was free he need not have written that humiliating letter he might have spared her so much there seemed to be so many things that he need not have done if only he had been willing to wait nevertheless he had not learned his lesson he sat up again that very night to write another letter he could not wait he was losing ground every day and dr warden was gaining twice during his calls at the elliot farm he had met dr warden moreover hildreth liked frankness he would be frank this letter was long it confessed everything but was very humble in its claims it asked only for time and opportunity to prove the sincerity of the writer it was answered more promptly than he had dared to hope a frank kindly letter too kind hildreth had been sorry more than once she wrote for those hard words she spoke to him on that first evening she was so astonished and had been so tried that she did not realize what she was saying she would be glad if he could forget the part that he had called hard and look upon her as a friend but as to more than that stuart king sat longer over that letter than he had over any other he read it through a dozen times read it until the words burned into his heart read between the lines and knew the words that were not there as well as those that were it meant plainly that she did not trust him could not teach her heart to do so could not forget john stuart he had deceived her had successfully played a part how could she be sure that stuart king was not simply engaged upon another study of human nature oh she did not write these words but he read them plainly within the week he went home he had always meant to go as soon as he saw the way plain he saw it now 
he was settled in his old rooms seated before his old secretary with sheets of paper strewn around and two pictures mounted on easels in their old places looking down on him one was a photograph of elizabeth he had not laid it away why should he elizabeth was his cousin her photograph had stood there ever since he occupied the room he was entirely willing to have it there he had only kindness in his heart for elizabeth the other was the pictured face of truth the eyes were certainly very like he told himself gazing at it earnestly but they did not do hers justice seated in his old place near the south window was fletcher he had been there all the evening he had asked a thousand questions he had been answered heartily and with apparent fullness but there was something about his old friend that he did not understand he has taken strides he told himself he is changed it evidently improves one to become a tramp i feel as though he had gone out of my vision or up out of my horizon i wonder what it means did you make any acquaintances that will last he asked presently continuing his cross-examination any kindred spirits i mean a few that will last to all eternity fletcher's eyes had followed his friends and were resting on the pictured face of truth their old subject for discussion and agreement did you convince yourself of the folly of finding such a face as that in flesh and blood he asked whimsically simply for the sake of recalling old times especially the eyes he continued as his friend was evidently not ready to answer they seem to look through one i am glad there are none such in real life they would make one see his own shortcomings as a fine mirror does stuart king wheeled around in his chair to look full upon his friend fletcher he said earnestly there are such eyes they belong to people who do remind one of his mistakes and failures but who at the same time lift him up to a higher plane i'll tell you something in confidence the woman who becomes my wife if there is to be a wife for me in this world will have eyes such as those end of chapter twenty eight end of as in a mirror by pansy recording by tricia g thanks for listening